3: and Dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.
0: Alright everyone, welcome back to Bat Force Radio for part two of the exclusive Scott Snyder interview, A Late Night with Scott Snyder and the Bat Force.
3: Let's go Gotham. Hey, um, Scott with uh,
0: an all-star That's the Trunkler, not only, by the way. be
3: careful yeah the trun- <laughs> Trunkler speaking from chi- from Chicago <laughs> um, <laughs> um in all-star I mean, not only did you guys make uh, killer moth and firefly look badass mm-hmm. and then you show us gentleman ghost oh, um, thank you so much the, uh, thank you <laughs> sure. on, um i think it was on actually i'm looking at the pdf file right now of issue 1 on page 7 um where it has Two Face and he's got the kind of like a, a hood over his face, except for his deformed eye. Whose yeah. idea was it to show the black and white panels? Like when Two that Face was, is looking at Batman, it's black and white because he's only looking through his
1: damaged eye. I just sent you the crazy photo collage, by the way, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, well, Isn't that well, insane?
4: Uh, yeah, oh my God. Wow. It's like,
1: right? It's yeah, us. dude.
4: That's exactly. Anyway, that's nailed it. Yeah,
1: but um, it was my idea because I just thought um, one of the fun things would be to play with this idea of if Two-Face is colorblind in his bad eye, um, he sees the world in this very sort of um, not just colorless palette, but very ominous palette, and he it, it becomes a motif that runs through the whole book. So I wanted this whole theme of sort of t- a, a vision and Two-Face saying, I see the things that you don't want to you don't want to look at in people. Um, I see what they do because of this sort of systems in place to track criminal behavior by put in place by Harvey. I see the horrible things they do. They don't want anyone to know about. But I also just it's not just like hacking them like a Julian Assange thing. I know them like I hack people. I understand what they want and I give it to them. And you need to leave that alone. Like let it be secret. Let it be private. Let it be quiet. You do not want to drag me out into the light. Because if you drag me out, all these other terrible things are going to come to light. And I promise you don't want to see them.
3: Well, and it's come, uh, two faces just like Gotham. The, the, the good side, the bright side of what Gotham could be. And then you know the form side, the evil, the, the darkness of what, of what Gotham has to offer as well. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, when I, when I heard that you were doing a two-faced story... And of course, you know everyone loves the Joker, but Two Face has always been my favorite villain from when
1: I was a kid, first reading comics. So, thank you for oh. that. Sure, I'm really <laughs> excited. we you see; it gets nuttier and nuttier. It gets like, and he gets really dark at the end. It's really
2: so, going back to page one of issue one here. It starts off with the gray. Can we assume that that's? Two face looking at the diner then, or
1: is that? Yeah, every well, every single issue is going to start and end with a gray panel. Mm. So I, I wanted it to almost be like on the one hand it, you think it's kind of a cinematic trick, oh. but it's mm. just reminding you. It reminds you in some ways that, you know, do you see it the way Two Face sees it or the way the Batman sees oh, it? Nice. So nah. issue yeah. issue two cheers. You're uh,
2: like the Easter Egg man. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think,
1: well, Easter Bunny it's isn't that just the Easter Bunny? Um, harvey bullock and gordon (laughs) sitting in a police car and it's just like looking at them and it's like black and white just gray and it says you know two days from now and then it goes to color and it's red and the next panel is blue and the next panel is red because the police lights are flashing and harvey's like you don't want to do this you know i'm telling you i know you don't and jim is like it's not my fault it's his fault we told him not to drag you know drag all this shit out but he's wanted to do it so here we are And harvey's like i'm just saying if you go in there you can't come back out and jim's like telling you harvey like you know he did this like we're all what are we all but like fucking trees in the woods that are falling and he won't look at us so you know what (laughs) he takes a cigarette and he like throws it out the window and he's like he's like let's do it and you realize they're in front of wayne manor came up with the chainsaw that was me. Really so badass. <laughs> <I flipped left. laughs> so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Because the thing with this series is, I feel like I wanted to explore one thing too, which is almost like the two sides of, of the way I like to write, you know, because I kept thinking about Two Faces and dichotomies and stuff. And mm. the two things that I've always loved are one, I love the fun of Batman. Like, I just unabashedly, and I, I really figured it out in Zero Year, I think, where I was like, you know what? I love Riddler bots and fucking wrestling lions and evil Knievel motorcycle jumps and <laughs> post-apocalyptic Batman. I love it. Like, you know what? Batman can be awesome and celebratory and fun. Mm. And I was kind of afraid to make him that I think for a little while. Cause it was sort of like, Oh, he's awesome. And I always had that. I always loved his one liners where he's like, get the hell out of my house. But it's also like the fun of it and the silliness can be awesome. So that element of like over the top, crazy ass bombastic action what can i drop out of a blimp or like blow up or whatever (laughs) (laughs) uh, the other side sort of pairing it with how deeply sort of um i guess confessional can i go or how deeply personal or sort of vulnerable can you be on the page and this story is almost the most uh extreme version of those two things and on the other hand um It's very much about, you know, are you better than your personal demons, the things that you're not proud of about yourself and the things I'm not proud of about me and the the times that I've really slipped up in life and, you know, um, let my family down in ways. And do those things matter more than the good things and which are going to win out in the end? And those sorts of questions, you know, are very personal and are hard to look at sometimes. So... This story to me is almost the, 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 so um, I'm so proud of it just because it's so quintis- for better or worse, it's like so quintessentially what I love to do with Batman, but taken to the extreme, it's like, couldn't be more out there, you know, from characters. I don't want to give away who's coming, but you'll, I, I'm, you know, so that's right. what I mean. It's like this arc, I'm, I'm really proud of All-Star because it allows me to be unabashedly fun and, and fun try and be almost like funny with it in the craziest fun ways that make me excited to go to work and on the other hand the stories are are quite personal you know so it's almost like you know that that huge stretching it as far as i can go in a way that i feel like speaks to the things i like to do with the character
0: Mm. well once we read that page where who's a killer moth running towards batman in the field and huffing and puffing yep and then, he, then, <laughs> Fire he sees, then he sees a firefly and then he sees batman yeah. with the chainsaw just chopped off black spider's arms and then he turns around <laughs> he's like, and he's wow. and puffing in the opposite direction <laughs> he batman did so hard <laughs> has, there's,
1: there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like that two and three get even funnier that way where like there's a funny thing where killer croc is in it and he's like he's beaten up on Batman and he's all like, you know, with the log and he's like, look at you and I won't give away, I won't ruin for you who else pops out, but a bunch of other villains pop out cause he's, he brought them and stuff or whatever, a couple of not a bunch, but two other ones. But he's like, um, he's sort of like, when I was a kid, I grew up in a town in Florida called Appaloosa, you know, in the swamps. And he's like, look, you know, I used to go out and wrestle alligators and snakes and everyone thought I was a town fool you know because they didn't understand me but you he's like i get you five miles from gotham and you just shrivel up you know he's like i used to i would go out of town that's how you become strong is go out by yourself he's like but they thought i was this town fool and mm-hmm. and anyway batman like does all kinds of crazy shit to take down the people that that are on the train which again i just want you to enjoy i don't want to ruin it <laughs> but yeah. at one point He's like, Croc is like, oh, so you took down my buddies, but me, I got, I got thicker skin. What are you gonna do? Take your best. And as he says it, Batman pulls out that giant ass bear trap batarang that John drew on the oh, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, <the> two, and, <laughs> and Killer crack is, is holding this log that he's like been beating Batman with, and Batman throws it. And as ba- he goes, take your best. Uh, and as he's saying the batarang opens up and it's like ching, ching, and spikes come out of it, and it like oh, it goes like funk, and he goes. That's like, fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's so funny. He's like, "Take your best shot," and then he goes, "Ow!" Like <laughs> just a tap of pillow croc, like "Ow!" and it, it it pins the log that he's holding perpendicular to his body. He's like holding it, you know, he's holding it like a like he's curling it for a second. He's holding it, about to hit Batman again. And it pins the log to him that way because it digs into his flesh. It's Ooh. like chunk. Batman's like, uh, "Hey, Whalen." He's like, "Appaloosa called. They want their fool back." <laughs> and, and the-
2: you said John Romita drew the, you know, the battering thing. Is he involved in some of the creative process too, or is that, oh, or was sure. that idea yours with the big?
1: No, we talk every day, dude. Okay, so for example, <laughs> like today, I wrote. I'm like, he takes the three Batarangs, Like Greg and I used to do in his knuckles and he punches him because he's got this endoskeleton that just you can't really get through so you, batman can be really brutal and and john drew it like little spikes he drew like spike knuckles yes. coming out like cook click, click and then i saw that and i'm like you know what dude i, I really like that but can i just be totally upfront? if you put little bats on those, like little bat wings on those spike knuckles. Like, Batman actually took the time to make his badass brass spike <laughs> knuckles bat shaped. People will love you forever. So, can, can you just do that? And he's like, I don't, he's like, you think fans will really like Done. that? Like, I promise you. I like, <laughs> believe me, I love it. They will love it. Like, so he did it and it's so awesome. Batman is like, I tweeted it today. Batman's like, he goes and he's like about to fight to makes a fist and it's like, ka-ching. And he's bat. <laughs> Knuckles come out of his knuckles that are like little spikes with teeny bat wings on them. They're so badass. That's sick.
2: See, that (laughs) makes it even more fun to know that you know you two are kind of you know meshing off each other. You know, kind of like actors.
1: Oh yeah, he he wrote back to me. He's like, "I'll do it if only if we can market them." (laughs) I was like, (laughs) "I buy them," you know. And he's like, "Just not for the kids." Ha ha. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we do we really we really get along you know um we're getting to know each other really well i mean we went out to dinner a couple times with our wives and you know we're going out next week again and you know it's hard because greg you know greg i knew for five years we became such good friends and but john you know and 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 everybody else i work with like jock you know i've known him since black mirror obviously and sean since american vampire and Raphael forever and you become really close and John's quickly getting there I mean we're already talking about what we're gonna do next together so you know post Two-Face so I'm all like I just I would work with him on anything anytime he's so fun to work with I love him
0: That's all, hey, I, I'd have to bring it up because I know Bat Force Tom brought this this wishless dream up once as well would Would you ever think or consider about working with Kelly Jones uh, Really? yeah you know and in
1: fact like he Kelly did a backup with James Tynan when we were doing the Joker yeah. stuff
4: yeah that was um, and a was crazy ass Joker story
1: no there's so many people I mean I would work with Kelly Jones in a second I mean, only all of because stuff, I
0: think about that that would probably be if it was the, like because his vampire-esque Batman I'm just thinking oh, that Red horror Man. it would be yeah. unbelievable
1: stories that just affected me so much when I was young too both of them both parts like the first one and then Red Rain especially oh but, yeah the um i know i'd be honored to work with him and then you know it's like you see some of these artists like believe me like there's there's a whole wish list of like classic great Uh, like that stuff maybe oh dude tim sale in a second i'm trying to i want to work with him on one of the backups on um Mm -hmm. this but he 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 just works so far ahead it's hard to coordinate but i was jason his his agent about doing it um just a couple months ago and uh He'd be terrific. I mean, you know, Sam Keith. There's so many people I'd love to to bring Oof, in. With, Sam Keith would be beast, mm.
4: right? Yeah, yeah. we Robo Rich and I have fantasized about you writing and Kelly Jones penciling, like a Justice League, um, like Watchtower horror, where like uh-huh. each member of the Justice League is like slowly getting picked off one by one by something that's like in the Watchtower.
1: I'd love, you know, it, dude. I love. Be cool. I'd love to do something like that, and it's funny because there's it's just you have a wish list, you know. There's so many people I'm dying to work with, but one of the great things about All Star for me is that I get to sort of move through a bunch of different yeah. arcs as quick quickly. And there's so many from artists that are working at Marvel right now, from that I'm friendly with, like guys like Olivier Copiel or Sarah Paquette, or there's a ton, just a ton.
4: We as much as we can, we like to ask the fans, you know, if they can get in on some questions. So we have course, a couple yeah, from sure. We did a post so. Um, we'll just go over a couple of them here. There's probably too many to get to all of them, but um, we'll get to a couple of them. Some good ones. For actually, this is a selfish one. This is just one that I want to know. You mentioned <laughs> that uh, at the end of the Batman run, you know, you were kind of questioning what you wanted to do. You even mentioned Marvel. If you had, if you had your pick right now of a Marvel book, what would you like? You know, if if you had the opportunity, what Marvel book would you jump onto?
1: There's three characters of Marvel I'd really love to use. One is Captain America because I think. I, I've always had like a couple stories in mind for him another is Ghost Rider and another is Wolverine yes. and then I was talking to Greg and wow. I'm like we should do all three of them together <laughs> <laughs> and it would be awesome they'd all be on motorcycles and it would be like because they're all sort of timeless and they've all been around a long time so I'm like oh what about that Yeah, and like, like this biker gang of badass Marvel characters but more realistically I think um, those are the three that I've I have stories for in my head already. You know, you I could, love you Spidey. Could do,
2: you could stuff. do Moon Knight and he could have all of their personalities in his head again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moon Knight's dude, Moon Knight's awesome. It's just the Lemire is just killing it on that. Now I wouldn't want to go near it for a while. I
2: you know, had like, my hopes Lemire? that you would maybe work with Charles soul on something. I, I saw where you were meeting him in, in New York.
1: Oh yeah. He's, he's one of my closest friends. Cause our, our, families are friends he be- we became friends when he was at dc starting on Thing, so three years ago or so and now um his daughter is the same age as my um older son so we hang out quite a bit he's going on that same cruise so i'm going on with sean and all them you and
3: Lemire like- have a
1: project coming up don't you mm-hmm. yeah in november it's called after death and it's like a Image book that's part it's part prose and part comics, so it's all mixed together. It's it's pretty fun. I'm really it was a huge challenge. It took me almost two years with him to do, so I'm really proud of it. But it's it's basically half of it takes place in the present where this guy who's a thief, he's kind of a common thief, he is invited to steal something that he shouldn't. Um, and it kind of tells him he's telling the story like a memoir about his life that sort of has a lot of autobiographical stuff for me and then The other part takes place 800 years in the future after uh, he helps, by stealing this thing, uh, make it possible for a cure for death. Um, And so it's sort of both sides of the story and they come together and stuff. And it's for Image. So we're just finishing it up now. The first, it comes out in three parts, like November, December, January, just one month after another. It's like three 70-page novellas, like one, two, three. And um, yeah, so we're finishing up the third part now. So
2: it's really cool to see you working with Jeff. Uh, he's one of our local guys here. Ah, he's amazing. Uh, I live in
1: the,
2: yeah. I live in the, uh, in the Windsor Essex County area where, where he's from as well. But uh, now he's living in Toronto, but uh, yeah, it's just really cool to see you working with him.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, he's obviously again, I, I hate to always be like, Oh, it's my friend, but he is, <laughs> he is like, you know, again, one of my closest friends from, When we first started at Vertigo together, you know, we've been through a lot together, you know, as friends and family stuff. So he's he's uh, he couldn't be a better guy.
4: Air Asian wants to know and he kind of asked a little bit about Court of Owls, which you kind of touched on. So I'll spin his question for a bit. But um, he asked about creating Court of Owls. But uh, what's it like now seeing Court of Owls as kind of like canon and also expanding on in a different universe, kind of like the Gotham show for you? What's that like when you first heard that?
1: It's crazy, dude. I mean, like, you just, all you're trying to do is do stories that mean something to you, that you're proud of, and that speak to something you're afraid of, and, you know, um, or hopeful about. And so to see it take on a life of its own, I mean, I vividly, vividly remember the very first time someone came dressed as a Talon um, while we were about halfway through um, Court of Owls. And uh, it was, I guess, because we had started in. September it was like September October November December January yeah February it was it was a C2E2 or something it was like March and we weren't done yet and Bob Harris and Dan DiDio were there We were at the DC booth and someone came dressed as a talent and I freaked out I was like oh my god can I give you every Batman comic for free from now on I can't I had never seen someone dressed like a character that I had made up you know entirely um for batman yet i had seen some american vampire stuff but nothing like this and i was just like oh my god you know it's um and it means the world so when you see it on something like gotham i at boston ben mckenzie was there and um yeah it was crazy because he came over to me and greg and i was like wow it's you dude wow <laughs> how are you doing and he was like, Oh, I just I want you to know I'm such a big fan. And, you know, we're so excited about the court this season. And wow. he told me all the stuff that's going to happen. And I was like, You have to be kidding me. That's amazing. And he's like, No, no, do you think we're doing you justice? And I was just like, You're asking us? Like, God <laughs> God. so he was great. He was like, Listen, I'm coming to New York, or he's in New York. And he was just like, Because they film here. And he's like, Let's hang out, and whatever. Like, it's so dream come true on every yeah. level. You know,
4: it's just incredible. Oh, here's a good one. What was your inspiration for Super Heavy? Um, what made you look at something overlooked like Jim Gordon to make you think, what if? And then added on to that, how awesome is that um, JK... What is it, Robin? Simmons. Uh, Simmons. JK uh, Simmons. Not Rowling. It's not Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> that JK Simmons picture so, so of him she all she is pretty ripped,
1: too. <laughs> I know, right? I saw that. That was great. The, yeah. The, um, what happened with Super Heavy was I was finishing Endgame. game Um, And I was like, I wasn't finishing, I mean, I was beginning Endgame, and I was sort of like, um, planning the ending of it. Um, And I had been planning Endgame since I was on Death of the Family, where I had been like, well, I did that as as I was about halfway through Death of the Family, I realized I wanted to do a second Joker story. that was going to be like, if that one was a comedy, then this one would be a tragedy. And I had this whole, you know, sort of, almost ridiculously... Uh, high concept for this whole like two part Joker thing, and um, and anyway, uh, as I was working on it, I was like, well, where do I go from there? That's when Greg and I leave, and, and Greg was like, no, you know, I'm gonna do another year, and then I was like, well, what's the best way to end if it's not going to be about what Batman means to me, which is what Endgame is about? Then what's left? And I was like, well. I've done what, he want, what I want him to mean to my kids, what I want him to mean to me, what, you know, what about what he means to the real world, like, that he doesn't really affect? Like, what about a story that does, well, Batman, he doesn't actually save anybody from anything, and he can't save us from the problems that really scare us, you know, because they're not supervillains. What about a story that says why he matters, you know? Or argues that he doesn't matter and then goes back the other way and shows why he matters hugely and so i was like okay well it's a real world story and it gives me this opportunity because batman is at the end of endgame batman looks like he's dead um and i had a different ending originally where i could have brought him back from the pit and left joker looking more dead but i didn't like that one as much and greg was really adamant about it he's like At one point, I got a little nervous, and I'm like, maybe I bring Batman up out of the pit. He's like, you're not bringing him out of that fucking pit. You're not bringing him out of that pit. He's like, this is like a WWE death match, and you're not bringing him out of there. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Um, So I was sort of like, well, what if – so who would be Batman? Like, who is the person – and at first, I was like, well, what if I do a new – and I was like, no, I don't want to do a new person. That doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, and then it it literally dawned on me. I was it was the night before Thanksgiving. And I was driving into this about to drive into the, you know, city the next day, and I was like, I I was like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm like, who is the everyman for us? And I'm like, Oh my god, it's Commissioner Gordon. Like he's the one. If Batman wasn't real and somebody was like, We need a Batman. And I'll make him real. Who would that be? It would be Gordon. That's perfect. But he would make Gordon's st- Batman stand for all the things that he cares about. To be like, see, Batman can make these things that are broken in the real world, the you know, um, government and police and all these things that aren't working right um, as much as people want them to, and as much as they want to he will make batman stand for them and and be a hero for them and um in that way he'll make batman fail because batman can't stand for any one thing in the real world he can't be real world he can't be tied by bureaucracy or you know can't be a single physical person and any of it but it's how heroic for gordon to be like i'll make a new batman who props up all the things that people need to believe in to feel safe and um i just knew i had it you know and then it was like well who do i use as a villain well what's bad what would be the greatest antagonist to that a villain who sort of says um you know look at all these failures that stokes all the seeds that are there you know and the things we see in the news all the time who's saying secretly we're all we all hate each other secretly we're all racist secretly we're all you don't really want to share a space with this person, so you know, fuck them. Like, get what you get yours. And who's that? Someone who's forgotten. Someone who's been trampled on. Someone who, you know. So let me make this character like it's like a weed growing up. Okay, a weed, you know. And then I was like, that's like bloom. And then talking to Greg, I want a character who's like a you know a weed. And he drew somebody who had all this this veil of weeds over their face that was really scary. But I was like, mm, just a little too like bride, you know. And he was like, okay, well, what about something simple like this? And I was like, perfect, let's do it. And So that's kind of how it came about. And then the other half of it was that I knew that Bruce, I knew the beating heart of it with the other half of it would be what if Bruce was in the afterlife? Like what if he died? And, and be, the entire story, What I, I guess what I'm getting at is that I saw that the entire story was about how do you live up to the fictional example of Batman in the real world? Uh, when you're facing problems that seem insurmountable and bigger than any one of us, like, you know, from institutionalized racism or sexism or class stratification or, you know, all of it. Like, none, no one of us can solve anything the way Batman solves stuff. So it was like, well, Gordon's going to become a superhero. He's going to try and be bigger than he can. Bruce is going to try the opposite. He's going to go to do what Gordon normally does and become someone who is just trying to, you know, save the little pieces of the city he can, you know, Duke is going to try and um, be something uh, different where he, having inspired all these kids here, he's just trying to make his parents proud, you know, and doing it for somebody else in some way. And so it was just all this examination of how do you be a hero that honors the legacy of Batman, and does Batman mean anything? And so at the end, you know, the point was meant to be, Batman doesn't save us. He doesn't exist in the real world. And that's what Gordon has learned. He says, I can't be Batman. You can't be Batman. Batman doesn't really exist even in Gotham, like not just in the real world, but he doesn't, you know, he's not something that could inspire anybody in Gotham to think that their bigger problems will be solved. Um, But he punches these huge versions of our problems so that we can save ourselves, and that's what Gordon realizes. Is Batman doesn't save anybody; he asks you to save yourself uh, in the real mm, world, mm. and he be- makes you believe that you can. Mm. He believes that you're worth saving, and that you're capable of saving yourselves and each other. Mm. And in that is this huge inspiration in Batman. And so I, then I was like, okay, that's it. I had I had the whole thing, and then then it all while
4: driving down. into the city,
1: right. No, oh, well, the funny thing is all I had when I was driving into the city was I had the Batman, I had the, Gordon becomes Batman, and because he's, you know, I, I knew what it was about. It was about this real world, you know, how does he, and I knew that Bruce would become normal, like a human being who did not have the capability anymore to access any Batman memories or any of it. And I was like, and this is a story about why Batman means something to the real world. And I I literally texted Dan DeDio as I was driving into Thanksgiving day and I'm like, hey, I know it's Thanksgiving, but I had a crazy idea, and what are you up to? And he's like, How crazy is it? And I was like, it's super crazy. It's like easily one of the craziest things I've ever come up with. And he's like, mm. I'll call you in five minutes. <laughs> so he like called me and I was like driving in to with my family, and my wife's giving me this look. And I'm like, just let me just say this one thing really quick. It'll take me five minutes. So I told him and he was laughing the whole time. He's like, wait, Commissioner Gordon Gordon? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And he's like, "How how old is he again?" I'm like, "In the new fifty-two, he's really young. He's only like forty, whatever." He's like, "Shut up!" I'm like, "No, he is. You did it." And then I'm like, "Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you did this." And he just was laughing and laughing and laughing. And he was like, "Dude, I love it. It's crazy." You know, he's like, "I have to warn you. We will probably like tank sales for a bit, but just go for it." And I was like, "Thank you." And then the amazing thing was that you know. The book stayed over 100000 the whole time we were doing it, which to me isn't like, oh, well, you know, uh, sales and money or whatever. It was the same thing with All Star, where All Star was me saying, let's go off-roading, and the fact that it sold what it did, you know, at at the numbers it did, were completely, totally shocking and surprising to me. I swear on my children, I was, like, never expected to surpass the numbers that you know of, of of the other main rebirth books or anything like that and I thought we'd be way below especially with a different price point and the thing that's so inspiring about that is that when you take risks with a character like Batman but fans know you're doing it for a reason that you can go out there and say listen I believe in this one and they, they if they trust you at all with it they will show up in droves for things that are not what you'd think they would like grant stuff or, you know, all of it where they're like, this person cares about the character, wants to do something different and they love the character enough that whatever is true to core will be baked into the DNA of that story. They just are there for you. And that there's no more um, gratifying feeling than knowing that people who love this character, the way you love them, will give you a chance when you try something nutty with it. So those sales like that stuff, the reason it's just that it speaks to the quality of fan in the bat world. It speaks to the heart and soul of the audience and the fact that they are brave and daring and fucking ready to go crush and try anything for their favorite character. If they think if it has a chance of working, even if it's insane. So that to me was like the most gratifying thing in the world. And one of the reasons I'm super heavy is, is easily one of my favorite things is that it just proves that, you know, even with Gordon in the suit and no Batman for almost a year of of, of Bruce, like they still showed up.
2: Like you just explained, you put Gordon in the, in the suit because he was that every man that, that Gotham needed because at the very last fight, or actually not the last fight, second last fight when all of the villains and heroes are fighting against, uh, you know, the people, the zombie Jokerized Jokerized people that Joker had unleashed, you had Dick Grayson in the Batman suit. And so it would have kind of made sense that Grayson would have took over, but you, you chose to go the opposite way and put Gordon or yeah, Gordon in the suit that, that to me was a, you know, you let your balls hang out right there, and <laughs>
1: that
2: was that was pretty Thanks, cool. Yeah. I thought.
1: Well, I just I feel like one thing is I promise this like I'll never go back to a well or the thing I don't I don't yeah, yeah I, I
2: don't mean it this, had been done before right I don't so want this were, yeah
1: I don't want this to come out the wrong way but I guess one thing I'd say is like at this point I've done Batman for six plus years if you include Detective I know how to do. Small crowd pleasing stuff with the villains, or whatever, meaning it wouldn't be hard to be like, Let me just spend a year and do a little, you know, clayface story, a little, although he's a detective, um, Catwoman story, and not the way I'm doing it in All Star, where it's like you know, reinvented with an artist, but just simple stuff like. Just and I don't mean simple in a bad way. I just mean just tone it down. Just do it's it's familiar. Like I know how to yeah. create a small mystery. Have Batman solve it. Have some fun gadgets. Of you know you could totally run it that way, and it, and fans would like it, and it would be fine. Yeah. Um, but I really deeply believe it. Just it turns my stomach to think of doing that because I feel like you know if you're going to be on Batman there's thousands of people out there that would kill you for the chance to write their batman story that they've been thinking about that matters to them and has mattered to them for years and if you're not going to go on there and be like i'm going to take a risk and do something that matters to me and might fall on my, i might fall on my face doing but i'm going to do it you know that that to me is the only compass you can have on this character you know because he deserves it fans deserve it like I was saying before but also you'll always regret it you know like I knew I, I was telling you the truth I was telling Tynan and I, I vetted that story the super heavy one with a lot of people and the funniest part and then I'll show up about it was that we had a bat summit where I was gonna pitch this we had a first bat summit and it was like Tom King Tim Seely. this is back when they were on Grayson and uh you know, the Batgirl team and Francis and, and Booch on um, Detective. And Mark invites me in to pitch it. And I was late because uh, I got caught in traffic. I was about 20 minutes late. And they had all been there since the night before because they had flown in from other places. I lived in New York. So I was like, you know, just driving in So they had gotten up and had breakfast. And Mark, I guess, worried that I was late. I walk in the room and their faces are just like white. I'm like, what happened here? You know, and Mark's like, oh, nothing, nothing, go ahead. And I'm like, you you pitched it to them, didn't you? And he's like, well, I just told them some of the idea. And I love Mark to death, but he's like the worst pitch man in the world. <laughs> and he had been like, well, it's sort of like uh, Commissioner Gordon becomes Batman and Bruce gets bopped on the head and has like amnesia and, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was like that. And I was like, please uh, just erase everything in your mind. <laughs> like, you're like pitch it to you here's what it's a, here's how it begins and here's what it's about and i again i love mark like a brother but i would not have him pitch my stuff um <laughs> he's not your wingman <laughs> yeah when i told to them i was like here's the thing if you guys hate it we don't have to do it if you see opportunity in it uh let's do it i'll tell you why i love it and luckily they were all great you know i mean there were definitely some people i think that had some hesitation trying to figure out what they were going to do But nobody was like, I don't like that idea for you, for me, and for Batman meaning, you know, and I was just like, this is what we're, this is it, you know, like this is, if you don't like it, let's kill it.
2: But you know what was funny is that you know, you and Greg also kind of had a laugh at yourselves throughout the entire story, and that just kind of showed me that, you know, you know what, these guys get it. They know that they're going against the flow and they're doing something new, they're letting their balls hang out, they're trying to create you know this epic story where it's going to show batman is a symbol and yes you know everyone can be batman but not everyone can be batman and it's going to bring it full circle around to where bruce finally takes the
1: mantle back oh sure i mean that's the thing is like you know i really was a big fan of superior spider-man um and of you know grant's batman and robin and well, you realize when you go back and you look at those, or 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 Ed's uh, Winter Soldier, and then subsequently Bucky um, uh Cab, you realize that those stories are all about why Peter Parker can is the only person that can be Spider Man. They're all love letters to the person. Yeah, it's all sing. set up. Yeah, and it's all it's all about why those per, that person possesses the qualities that need to be. Um, reinstated you know there you can have a great character a great time with a character in that place but ultimately that story is always about why they can't be the the person that needs to come back you know and that so that's that's what this was it was never and one of the i wanted to make clear to fans by issue one that bruce was still around he wasn't going to be like missing for months and months and months um um and that feeling here is like The whole thing is why only Bruce Wayne, dead Bruce Wayne, you know, Bruce Wayne who died in the alley with his parents, like, meaning Bruce Wayne that's larger than life and that does the impossible and can't walk among us in the real world, why he needs to be Batman, you know, and nobody else.
0: I promised my last from England, because she's a big fan of you, Scott, you met once, um, I'd ask this question for you, she just wanted to know, oh, but happy birthday, babe, love you, (laughs) she just wanted to know, um, (laughs) what's your favorite um, Gotham character other than Batman and what Batman story are you most proud of that you wrote?
1: Man, it's really hard to pick one I'm most proud of, I'd have to say, just because, like I said, each one is really, like, it sounds corny, but they're all they're all personal in different ways. I mean, so, like, obviously. And, and the other thing I'd say is that in the inside baseball element of it is that I, I look at them really differently than readers would and that they're more like – they have a a memory aspect to it where it's like, oh, that's the issue where Greg and I got on the phone and became friends. Or this is the issue where we, we did this while we were away in Boston together at the aquarium or, you know, like with, with Jock and with Black Mirror, it's like, oh, I remember that's when Martz told us we couldn't do something and we stuck up for each other. And so there's a different sort of map for me in terms of what, what's my favorite things, you know, that we did just because there's just sort of like a, a personal story to it that has to do with our time on the book as creators, you know, as friends. Um, but I'd have to say, like, I get, I, I really, it's hard because I know a lot of people's favorites are some of the earlier stuff like, um, you know, uh, Black Mirror and Court of Owls. And I love those and I'm, I'm really proud of those. But I'm really proud of the newer stuff, you know. I mean, I Zero Year was the book that I, I felt like I finally really owned our Batman where I was like, this this one is, I'm rebuilding him from the ground up. And I'm deeply, that that one holds a really special place for me and um, an end game and super heavy. So I sort of lean towards the end of our run. And honestly, I mean, All Star for me is easily there with that stuff in terms of how free and excited I feel on the book. Um, and I'm finishing the first arc now. I'm writing five this week um it's oversized so it's like six but um and i can tell you like it has the ending i don't know i'm really i'm really proud of this one so awesome i don't know if i had to pick one if you were like what have you done so far that's completed because all stars not completed that um that you'd have to pick i'd probably say zero year just because Mm. it's the most it was the one i really just rebuilt my whole sense of who our Batman was and what he would, how he would position himself um, in the world. Cause the other thing I'd say, and then I'll stop about it is that, you know, Grant was really helpful to me when I, I met him in San Diego. I see him every year in San Diego, like haphazardly. And he always asks me what we're doing on the book. And we talk for a while and, you know as i was doing it too aside from all the stuff i talked about where it was like you know what i would make my kids not afraid of as batman is that when i was a kid batman was very much about kind of scaring bad guys back into the shadows because that's what was needed it was that dirty hairy you know 80s feel of batman you know makes the city safe and then you come out um and he he reclaims it he's this kind of you know tortured guy but in today's world i kind of felt like in a Growing up in post 9 11 New York, you know, or not growing up, but living in post 9 11 New York as a young person, it was much more about sort of needing somebody to inspire bravery in good people and facing off with things that were larger than life, abstract, you know, um, terrifying things that seemed unbeatable in these villains. So Riddler became larger than life for me. Like, how do I make him so big? And Joker, so big that they seem unbeatable, and how do you have Batman face off with them in a way that says, be brave, I need your help, you know, you need to stand up and be a part of this story. Um, and so that was a big part of it too, and one of the reasons I'm really proud of that one, I think especially, is that it was sort of like me and Greg and the team, and FCO and, and Danny, you know, who are just incredible, sort of saying our Batman is is in a, a modern sort of, world is less about sort of taking things back or scaring the bad guys back into the shadows than he is about inspiring sort of good people to come out of the shadows and say be brave you know and it has to do with this kind of post 9-11 I think climate you know that's you're, you're you're afraid of things that everybody's afraid of that are unbeatable like Nationally, that people are afraid of, or globally, because we're also connected with the twenty four hour news cycle. It's not this provincial anymore. where it's like, yeah. oh, you're afraid of graffiti and gangs and whatever. You're afraid of the things that they're also afraid of in Chicago they're also afraid of in you know, California and all of that. anyway, mm-hmm. what was the other the other question was um,
0: oh favorite got them a uh, character other than Batman. she wanted to know.
1: Yeah. Oh, probably Alfred, but um. Oh, nice. hmm. I love Alfred. Everyone beats me up for being like, so they're like, you're so mean to him. <laughs> but I'm not mean to him at all. <laughs> like nice you
3: love thing. him you just don't love that one hand oh, I, was,
1: I was coming to that hand for a long time but the, the, it, was, the ones you love. it was it was more also like a symbol you know it was like he has nobody to mend while Bruce is gone like that's mm-hmm. and once Bruce comes back then he's the right hand to the king again you know in that way and he's there to help him yeah. um but the you know he's my favorite because he's like, you know, uh, I relate to him because as a father, I'm always like, "What if my kid wants to do something that I'm terrified for him for all the time?" You know, um, and I hate that he does, but I'm proud of him for doing. Yeah. And that's that's kind of who Alfred is to me, and hits a real nerve. But Dick is another real favorite, and honestly, I really love, I really love writing Duke right now. He's his kind of iteration. The thing he's becoming is a lot of fun to. Is a lot of fun to sort of foreshadow.
2: Now, now, you write him like, um, obviously, it, it shows that Bruce isn't training him to be a Robin. He's making him to be his, his own hero,
1: where yeah, he can it, work alone. You know, there was some, I think, I you know, I missed this until someone pointed it out to me, but I guess there was sort of an undercurrent with some people that they thought that I was saying that Duke is better than Damien or that, you know, this is better than Robin and... I tried to make it clear, but I certainly would never imply that. I I wouldn't be like, hey, this character who just came onto the scene is better than Damien, or like, hey, you know, this is, I don't need a Robin. What I was trying to say is that we, Tom and me and James, all of us, like working on the Bat books, really decided that DC told us that Damien needed to be in Teen Titans, first of all. So he needed to be over there. So they encouraged us, and they said, we're not doing a Batman and Robin book. So if you use Damien, just be aware he's in the Teen Titans. So it became sort of like Damien is over here now. The same way when he was dead, he was sort of, you know, off limits. He's not off limits, but he's he's just not a part of the Gotham roster right this minute because they want to build him as the lead of the Teen Titans. And that's mm-hmm. I, I totally understand that and think that that's an interesting move. So what it came down to was sort of like, well, if we don't have a Batman and Robin – but Damien's been around for over 10 years and we, we want to sort of build up new characters around Batman because it's always exciting. What if Batman starts a new program that is instead of the Robin program, which in the new 52, they always described not us, but as this kind of internship, you know, for, for a sidekick instead of it being for a sidekick. What if he says, well, I'm going to put them through a compressed version of my training so that they are just here to figure out who they're going to be as my ally. So, I never call them Robin. They're not my, there's no stop point here with them next to me as my sidekick. Instead, it's about them developing and figuring out who they are and, and searching for the hero they can be and what niche they fill and all that stuff so that, that so, got us all really excited you know me and tom and james because we were like this could we could do this for duke and we can do this for other characters in gotham and and try and find places for them if it doesn't get too crowded and if we have real end games for them
2: so he's really gonna try to carve out his identity be, identity through all-star because like right now he he kind of de- doesn't have like a a hero name he's
1: just duke right 100 percent. and there's jokes about it in issue two where he's like i need a <laughs> okay. name and bruce is like it's your job not mine
0: okay. and he's like i'm mm.
1: thinking Blacklight," and bruce looks at him and he's like you thought i was serious really you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Like> bruce, <laughs> you
4: know?
1: <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of like you know it, it's a it's a running thing in it where he's he's figuring himself out and then i already know his name it's it's actually in his history so you'll you'll see but uh-huh. um not um, and it, it's not always what people would think it would be but the, there you
2: go back to easter eggs man now there's we got definitely
1: easter eggs them. about what he, what he's going to be called and it goes back to some of his first appearance stuff um nice. any of the mission also that i spoke to jeff johns for a long time about where the big thing was like what's his role and he has a different way if he ever you know winds up in a robin costume of being robin and he that also needs to carry through of how to and he was robin and we are robin but you know as a different sort of robin what, um, what his mission would be and, and that mission needs to be what it would be without being Robin as well Is so that he stands as a character that's strong on his own two feet and I think that's the real thing that I think um, is the challenge is making sure that you're not developing a character just for the fun of having a new sidekick um, but instead creating a character that could stand on their own and that you're willing to carry into their own series so I'm certainly interested in writing a mini um with somebody else That shows what happens to him after this because I think the niche that we've carved out for him in Gotham is something that isn't filled right now in terms of a mission, like what he does, you know.
2: Do you ever think, um, like, you know, what you just said that you may possibly explore writing a a title with Duke, who I love, by the way? Thanks. Um, Do you think you could ever go like the route of uh, Vertigo where it's like a more adult? Darker theme.
1: Well, you know, I explored the idea of having All Star be mature readers only because I was like, they're like, why do you want to do that? And I was like, well, I like to curse. And they were sort <laughs> of like, no, <laughs> you're not getting it just for curses. And I'm like, well, it's really violent. like fucking
2: important, it? man. No. Yeah,
1: I was like, well, KGB's actually pulls someone's rib out and stabs them with it. And he's there, like, mm-hmm. we can do that <laughs> and just do it in silhouette. And I was like, ah, fine. So <laughs> I'm all for you know vertigo vertigo books and more mature line readers in a black label kind of um line Hmm. but i think also here one of the fun things is um again i really like where he's headed i mean one thing one hint about it is that you'll see in his mother's the way he talks about his his mom too like a lot of it has to do with sort of going out by day as well and figuring some stuff out you know and things and then there's a second part of the mission that that that's, that's also, I think, gives him an even bigger um, role that sort of allows him to be a hero very different than Batman.
2: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned.
0: Lightning Round. Okay, li- Lightning Round. Favorite movie? Night that of the Living be
2: Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Well, nice. that answered two questions, because the next one was going to be horror movie.
1: But. Well, then I'll flip it. My other, I guess, because my favorite movie is Night of the Living Dead is the first movie that ever really scared me and made me think about story really differently. I was a kid and uh, there was a, I rented it before I should have. Um, but nice. I ha- I'd have, I'd have to say my other is, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cause I saw it with my dad cool. in the theater. He covered my eyes for the face melting, but like oh, it was yeah. one of the first <laughs> movie going experiences I ever had where I was like with my father just in love with the story, just so deeply. Yeah. Who's your favorite rogue? Oh, a uh, Joker. Joker, but I, I'm really loving Two Face. I have to say, he's he's definitely like, you know, he's definitely nice. up there.
2: Awesome. As far as M and M's go, <laughs> do you like plain or peanut M and M's? I'm plain. I'm never a big pizza. My man. You <laughs> just broke oh. my heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we here on the Bat Force love to enjoy some pizza. Do you find yourself loving the deep dish or just the uh, New York-style oh, thin New crust York. pizza?
1: Well, I'm the, I grew up in New York, dude. So it's, it, I'm definitely – I always love deep dish when I go to Chicago, as when those guys will take me out. But I'm, I'm classic New York pizza.
0: Nice. Take that
4: truck. Oh, take that it's off, yes. Trunkler.
2: Thin crust, baby.
1: Oh. They,
3: well, it, 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 no, it, it's un- biased. He's from New York, so.
2: It was an unfair question, but hey.
1: Ray's famous. I you
2: know? hey, love deep dish, my man, so <laughs> next, next year deep to eat too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's your chance to give a like, shout-out to your favorite pizzeria in either Long Island or New York City.
1: Oh, on here, I'd say it's this one called Pie that's right by us. My kids just adore. So it's right here in Port Jefferson. It's really good.
2: Nice. When you're out running and catching up with Coach Deer, who, who's in your headphones as far as mu- music wise?
1: I'm a really big Elvis fan. Since I was a kid, I have like, when I was like a teenager in New York, I was like, I want to like something that nobody else will like. And I was like, Elvis. And then I actually fell <laughs> in love with it myself. I've got like a couple Elvis tattoos and stuff. So I'm a really big fan of um, rockabilly. Uh, early country early rock and roll and that stuff and it leads up through americana stuff now so in terms of like classic stuff that i love it's you know elvis johnny cash all those guys you know from jerry lee lewis and uh you know anyone you can think of from from back then from like obscure people like the collins kids to you know little richard but um Nowadays, people I like are, are like uh, Jason Isbell and, uh, and Sergio Simpson and uh, Shovels and Rope. And like those bands, like big Americana bands, Hooray for the Riff Raff. Sort of all American, Americana, early rock and roll, early or rockabilly kind of stuff.
2: There's actually kind of a local band in your area. The guy on Instagram, his name is Max Power 44, but he has a band called the Quarter Horse Band. Huh. And they're... They're in your area, and they're kind of you know that Americana style. So you may want to check them out. Quarter
1: Horse Man. Oh, well, the Quarter Horse Man. I'll totally check it out. Yeah, I'll I'll take a look. Um, we have a, a theater about thirty miles away that draws a lot of. I've seen like um, Jason Isbell built on them, and we saw Alabama Shakes in at the border near Brooklyn and all that. So I like I I've, I've just always been sort of real American music kind of fan. You know, I like stuff that's almost like. You know, same thing, American history stuff. Just, I don't know, stuff that kind of feels indigenous and, and strangely, like, could only be made here in some ways. Who has the strongest eyebrow game, you or The Rock? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Mine's totally involuntary, so I don't know if that... If that <laughs> I'm just born... I don't know if, like, I was dropped in my head, but, like, I can't... I don't... I can't help it. It's not deliberate. So I'd say his, his is, like... 100% better in terms of it. It's like when it pops up and when it, like how it's used, like how it punctuates things. Me, I just, I'm an idiot where like I have no, no say over it. It just does whatever it wants. <laughs> no,
4: his is more forced than yours is just natural. Yeah, yours exactly. is legit. His is, well,
1: fake. That's one way of
4: thinking. He's copying
2: it. you. Yeah. <laughs> what superpower would you love to have?
1: Anything. I'd like to be able, I would love to be able to go back in time. I think. I'm uh, my biggest uh, fear uh,
2: my that's biggest, what every writer says uh, is, is yeah, deadline. <laughs> no, like
1: deadlines and I, that's i can totally imagine that like you know on the surface saying that but i just think i think my biggest fear the thing that gets under my skin the most is just how quickly everything goes by i think you can probably read it into most of the stuff i do and that sense of like hmm. my kids grow up too fast all of it you try and record it but it's just feels like it just washes over so it's that sense of being able to revisit the best moments of your life in some ways is the thing that i don't know that's kind of what i hope happens when you die (laughs) you know that you get to go back to the constellation moments that made you feel like who you are and happy
2: leads into the next question you know you said go back in time is there anyone from the past that you would love to that's now deceased but go back and maybe share an hour with or have dinner with
1: Oh sure, I mean like Bill Finger. Yes, <laughs> it would be yes. incredible. Jerry oh, Robinson, yes. you know, for Batman stuff. I mean, Aparo, like you know, they're they're believe me. Like one of the funny things about Gotham is like so you know I'm friendly now with Danny O'Neill and and stuff like that. And wow. there are all these scary people that you're like, oh my god, they made the stuff that scared me to death, and that are they're so mm. intimidating, and they wind up being the nicest guys. Like. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and that pantheon you know you realize how tall some of these guys stand and how they just you know Frank for example I like just did stuff that mattered so much to you and they're all so kind when you meet them that it makes you look back and be like oh man I, I there's so many people from the past that it would be an honor to shake hands with and just be like you changed my world you know through what you did in comics I would, oh, would absolutely meet Elvis yes
0: You'd be on a lot
2: of people's top list. All
1: right, and last question:
2: How much do you deadlift?
1: Oh, I don't know. I never deadlift, dude. I only—I don't. I, I only—I really. I'm too old. I only just do regular bench and regular. Nice. You know, I'm I'm totally casual about it.
0: I don't. Mean, I'm like. Not not I according have to Sean Murphy, you better watch it, man. He's a. Uh isn't he like your motivator at the moment he
1: is dude we and we go we've gone like i i go through spurts with it like because me i i get kind of happy with it where i'll be like you know what i built some muscle over a couple months i'm happy Mm -hmm. i'm like bigger than i was and then i'll be like i'll take a break and i'm gonna go running for the next few months and then i'll go through the cycle again and build up a little bit and i don't know i'm 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 not I'm not maniacal about it. I was in college and there were a few times in my life I've gotten pretty big, but you know, at this age with kids and stuff, I just honestly it's just about being in good shape, you know, or for yourself like wise and you know, I'm I'm I love running is when I have my best ideas is the other thing. The reason I, I hate lifting now is that um, I enjoy it because we have a little gym in the house and stuff and I can go do it but running outside and just going for a run trying to do it every day I always feel like I have my best ideas my best mm. you know um, feelings about my own stuff in terms of what I'm going to do
0: next or
1: it's something just about the endorphins or what I have no idea but it mm. it's definitely like a
0: like a runner's piece, high
1: maybe yeah it probably is just drugs but it's <laughs> like <laughs> but it really is like uh, it's therapeutic, and and it it, it gives me it's inspira- it gives me inspiration story wise a lot of the time. So I I tend to like in the summer when it's warm, just do that a lot more than lift.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. With, like the open road running. I like when you were talking about the the road trip with your son and Red Rock and everything. When you started to think about All Star, it's just uh yeah, I could definitely. Oh, see yeah. what you mean.
1: yeah. Yeah. Through. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I really I try and go every day. We we moved. We've lived down in the suburbs for you know. I don't know, what, 13 years now or so, and um, growing up in the city, it was really hard at first, as corny as it sounds, I just, I got so depressed when we first moved out here, because I was like, we never, not we only had one car, and my wife took it to school, and I was sort of home in this condo, and I was like, oh, this won't be a problem, and it was a total problem, I was like, <laughs> yeah. just alone, walking in a circle,
0: yeah. and
1: it um, just got out of my head, and. You know, what you realize is like one of the things that makes Gotham so awesome and the city so great is that you're all sharing the space where you're all in it together, even if you don't want to be and you don't like each other. You're forced there, whereas out here you can be completely, completely isolated. And um, the thing about that sense of community is also there's a there's again, there's like a humility that comes with it where you realize, you know, what? my life isn't that huge. Like there's a million other lives here. my problems aren't that horrible you know i'm fine when you're isolated it's like everything looms really large and we just moved last year finally to a place that's by the water uh, and out in the woods and i thought oh i'm more isolated maybe this will make me worse but instead having the ocean there and the woods and animals and whatever it just makes me feel so much more calm and so running is just like a joy out here where you you know, you just run and see the ocean and just makes you feel like, I'm worried about what? That's so stupid. You know I yeah. mean?
0: Well, Scott, so. I'm, I'm glad you're still here with us and stayed in New York doing, you know, the great work of writing Batman. And I'm glad you never took mm-hmm. that job as prince over in, what was it, Disney World in Japan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: I really was going to do that. I was I <laughs> <laughs> thank God my friend came and yeah, yeah. grabbed me yeah. by the collar.
0: I
1: completely I I would be there Prince Charming Watch watch if I was like Legendary Prince Charming I would have been Even better than Uh
4: (laughs) What are your thoughts On Batman v Superman
1: It's hard you know Because I um, uh, I mean the thing is A lot of people Came to me before I saw the movie And were like You're going to hate This movie and I was like, why am I going to hate it? Because I didn't get to see it for a while because um, I was with my family traveling. And they were like, because Batman uses a gun and Batman kills people and you're going to hate it. And I got all these tweets and all this stuff being like, you're going to just despise it. The thing is, like, I am I don't mind when Batman, I'm up for, if you can convince me that he's going to do those things, it would be hard, I'll, I'll admit, like, to convince me. Um, But if you can, I'm up for it. Like, I'm never – any new version of Batman, I'm always excited to see if somebody's put a lot of heart into it. I think the things – there was a lot that I liked about the movie. I liked Wonder Woman a ton, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, There were a lot of good ideas in it. Um, I just think that it got too big on some level also and just sort of had a lot of ideas that um, were weighting it down and didn't have – it didn't have the fun and the joy um, I was hoping in certain parts but overall I thought there was a very valiant effort and a very um, a very a very interesting set of things that were being sort of thought about and discussed and, and and explored in the movie it just it didn't quite come together for me the way I'd hoped it would although there was a bunch of stuff that I enjoyed sit on the in the middle ground with it where again there there was there was a lot yeah, a lot I'd give a thumbs up to and then things that I was disappointed in. I, I just also give them a lot of credit for how much they were trying to juggle. I'm really hopeful about the, uh, the Affleck Batman movie with Jeff Solo. involved too. In oh, him? God, like, are you yeah. kidding me?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Johns has, on
1: that? Oh, yeah, dude. He's such a – he's so good. So I'm sure um, – and he's been very kind to me and stuff too, you know. So yeah. I'm thrilled for to see what that is. And, and
4: again, like, you know, I think um, I think we should all be pretty hopeful about it. Yeah, anything that we've always—I mean, we've said as a group—anything that Jeff Johns touches, man, to us, it's like almost gold. I don't. Well, think he's got, anything.
1: he's he's really has a great sense of the heart of DC in terms of he knows very deeply. I think what fans um, want because he's a big fan at heart himself. Yeah. And he he's got a great finger on the pulse that way, and you know, I I'm proud of uh, what he. I'm, I'm I'm sort of proud of what I've learned from him, and he's been at times we, he was always on the West coast and I was always on the East coast. So I'd only see him a couple times a year, but when we have sat down and when we get dinner, he always is like, you know, or he's come to my house and we've hung out. Um, you know, we just, we get along like gangbusters and he's been extremely, extremely helpful about um, giving advice and that stuff. And, and all that. So um, as much as I wish we lived closer and, and got to coordinate more often, he's, I think, a real compass with a lot of stuff, you know, in terms of how to, how to keep your eye on the prize about making sure that you're doing a story that speaks to what you love about the character and what you think um, matters. And, you know, assume that fans will love that too if you love the character in that way. And don't go for, like, what's just a good plot hook or what's a good, you know what I
4: mean? Mm, mm-hmm. that stuff. So he's... Yeah yeah he's a great he's a great dude in that regard well scott man we really really appreciate oh, it man yeah. sure, yes thank you too,
1: Thanks so yes, much. thank you and very you know much. what yeah. oh, i'd love to dude honestly yeah. let's just make a thing of it now i i so appreciate it and let me just say i mean meant what i said earlier too about i see you guys all day always out there tweeting stuff for batman and, and instagram stuff for batman and your love for the character and the mythos like you know that stuff really goes a long way with everybody involved in the books and they all see that so thank you guys sincerely for what you do as well for all of it because it it really it matters a lot
4: no it's it's our pleasure got um (laughs) our buddy our good buddy legends lego batman he wants to know what's what's your drink of choice if we see you out there we want to throw you a drink if we see you out at a restaurant or a bar what's what's something we can throw your way Nothing. I
1: always, usually, just Jameson's on the rocks.
4: It's oh, beautiful. Like, anyone, my Sean man, right there. do
1: tell you, they'll make fun of me. You can ask Oh no, no, They always, Sean and Greg and all of them. Will, it, it's I worry about that video. That's like when you die and then they do a eulogy or when whatever, where they're all like, and you know they all toast with the exact same thing or whatever. they all know that that's. They all make fun of me because I'm pretty easy, but mm. yeah. <laughs>
4: Got so. it. Man. Hello, kiddies. It's your old pal, the Joker. When I'm not maiming and murdering, I'm listening to Bat False Radio. Fuck you, Trunkler.
1: When does witches return? We're starting yeah. production on it next month. I mean, literally oh. September. Jock was just working on Star Wars. Okay, i
2: always loved how you had the reader stories at the end.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try and do that again this time. If the first arc was largely about like what it's like to sort of um, the terrors of being a parent, the second arc is really about the terrors as you grow up as a child when getting to the age where you break away from your parents. But for someone like me, I think, and maybe us, it's more about when your parents are Getting to an age where they're, you know, you're more aware of losing them. I don't even know if you even read it, but
2: I sent one in. Like I never knew my grandfather. My only memory of there was, people, I was sitting on his lap, and people were saying, "Do it, do it, do it." And I remember looking up, and he flipped out his false teeth, and it scared me.
1: So I kind of have this fear. We of, didn't publish this one. I feel like no. this is. Dumb. I'm pretty sure that Jock Jock is the one that pulled these because I was writing the essays yeah. of of ours, so he's the one that went through the letters. But I'm pretty sure he either mentioned this or pulled it. You should ask him when you see him because I remember a grandfather in false teeth. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: and you know he was kind of a tall, thin man. And my my own dad is kind of you know he played college football as a center. He's kind of a stocky, town rotund, rotund man. And I remember I shared a bedroom with my brother. And one night, like this, black, tall, thin shadow just stood in the doorway and just stood there. And me and my brother were like, "What is that? Who is that?" <laughs> because that was not our dad. Oh shit! And then it just walked, walked, walked down the hall.
1: That's spooky, dude.
2: And then it, this is this is where it gets weird. So then we go, you know, this was several, I don't know how much later. Me and my two brothers were playing wiffle ball at my grandmother's house and back probably like a block away or something, this shadow it looked like a shadow of a man just walked out from behind these trees, which is this tall, thin man, and just stood there while we played wiffle ball and we just like stopped and it just like stood there. And then it just turned and walked back into the shadows of the trees.
4: It's super that's super creepy dude well i'm trying to go, go in to bed soon bro
2: thanks well, i mean i was just saying that because you know <laughs> reading reading witches and then reading those stories in the back i was just like this is why this shit affects <laughs> me man <laughs> i love
0: it i love it
1: thanks well i'm excited to get back to it it's oh. this it takes place a lot of it in the southwest so it's pretty fun
0: Alright well that's going to do it for another episode of Bat Force Radio we just want to send a huge thank you to our great friend Scott Snyder for a great late night bat chat over here on Bat Force Radio definitely subscribe to Bat Force Radio over on iTunes and or SoundCloud for everything from classic Batman comic overviews current comic coverage animation movies video games and everything imaginable that has to do with Batman and the DC Universe big shout out to Sideshow Collectibles and DC Collectibles for our greatly cherished partnerships. And thanks again, everyone. Stay tuned. Bat Force out.